Mindfulness Mode 221. Before everything comes in, before the day starts, just get grounded. Hey, Mindful Tribe, Bruce Langford here, your host and Mindfulness Life Coach. It's so great to have you with us today. Thanks for joining. Last time on the show, I had a guest who is an avid book reader, and he shares what he learns by reading some of these great books. He shares them on his podcast called 2000 Books. He's a meditator. He's into being grounded and focused, and he explains how he does it in his life. I really enjoyed talking with Manny. So go back and check out episode 200 if you haven't done it, mindfulnessmode.com slash 200. Today I'm going to do something a bit different. I'm going to read a few of the reviews that have appeared. Uh, DSALT00 said, love it. Hi Bruce, great show about mindfulness and being present. Just love it. The next one is by B, and he said, useful tips. If you would like more mindfulness in your life, this is the best podcast for you. And wow, that's saying a lot because there are quite a number of podcasts about mindfulness. Alex Dallarizzo said, awesome podcast. I really like your approach in this show. Thank you so much for sharing this valuable information. And Hyatt Yoga, peaceful, unique, and relaxing show. The first thing I felt on the first few shows I listened to is that no matter what mood I was in before I entered the show, I immediately lowered my nerves and energy levels. In that new mood, I really enjoyed listening to the inspiring guests. So thanks to all of you for reviewing. And if you're listening today and you like the show, if you would leave a review on iTunes, that would be amazing. So thanks in advance for that. Today, Joel Brookman. He's all about navigating, and you'll learn about that as you listen to his episode. He's written a book which is called Adjust Your Sales, and I think you will really enjoy the episode as much as I did. So thanks for joining. Sit back, relax, and take it all in. Hey, Mindful Tribe. Today, I am really excited. I have Joel Brookman here with me today. Hey, Joel, are you in mindfulness mode? I'm working on it, Bruce. I think I'm most of the way there. So uh, always, always a battle, always a battle, but I, th- I feel pretty good. Well, that's good. And I know with your book called Adjust Your Sales, I get the feeling that maybe you spend some time on the water and, may- and that's a great place to be mindful, isn't it? It really is. So I, the irony of the, of the book is I am not a boater, but I live oh. on the ocean. So uh, somehow I, I don't love the I'm one of these people that doesn't love a lot of maintenance, and boats usually require a lot of maintenance. But I right. love looking at the water, love surfing, love paddle boarding, so taking advantage of the water for sure. Yeah, I love being near the water as well. I have a, a river that runs just near my uh, my studio here, just kind of at the bottom of the ravine, so I can look down there. And then we have the Great Lakes near us here, so Beautiful. we can go go to the different lakes there. I just want to share your bio with Mindful Tribe, a little bit of what I put together, and this is what it says. Joel Brookman has a deep passion to use his expertise learned in the trenches of Wall Street to guide others in their journeys. He's a certified financial coach and a personal development expert focused on helping people clearly articulate their life's goals and then move on to achieving them. 
Joel's experiences as a senior executive with a Fortune Fortune 100 Wall Street firm. Presently, he's committed to helping as many people as possible through his podcast, which is called 90 Second Navigator. I highly recommend it. It's a show which offers practical ways to become crystal clear on what you truly want in life. So Joel is a firm believer in mindful breathing, as you will hear if you uh, if you listen to his podcast, and he ends every episode focusing on breath. Where did you get that idea to end every episode focusing on breath, Joel? You know, Bruce, I think it's important to stay grounded in life. And so what, what this brought to me was it, actually it's selfish on my part. It helps me. And I figured if it helps me, it helps other people too. And you know, if you're going into a day, this is just a, a shot. It's it's a few minutes, four minutes, usually three or four minutes of just, okay, how do I get where I want to go in life? And being grounded, I think, opens you up to the, the possibilities. And, and it puts you, to, to use your, your word mindfulness, it really gets you in that, that mindfulness, that really great state of mind to tackle your day. And that's really what it's all about for me. Yeah, it truly does. And I, I agree with you. If you want to learn something, teach it, you know, embrace it, learn it yourself and teach it to others. And you're going to just, it's going to embody you after a while. So you work in the field of investments. That sounds like that's what you said. And that's pretty fascinating. That's pretty interesting. It is. It's, it's great to, you know, I've been fortunate that I've been able to bring in a lot of money for, for some big wall street firms over my career. Uh, And now I have the ability to really teach people how to do it. So believe it or not, I, I'm doing a lot of a lot of work around development for the people from my, in my day job, uh, but my it doesn't completely fulfill my passion because a lot of the people I'm working with, um, they're not wired like some of us are. They're not as open to the possibilities. You can't really go, you can't really push that envelope as far as you can in as you can, for instance, in your format, or as I can on on the podcast or in the book. So um, it, it's it's a great challenge for me. Um, but it gives me at least the podcast gives me another avenue. And, and to your point, it, it holds my feet to the fire. So if I'm talking about it, I should be living it. And it, it really forces me into that mindset. Well, I'd like to go back, Joel, way back to when you were a kid. When did you first know that you wanted to work with money and investing and that kind of thing? Did that come to you very early in life? You know, the thing that came to me with money is I just knew that I wanted to make a lot of it. That was it. And I figured if you, you know, better, the best way to make money is to study how it works and to get a good understanding of it. And that was really the the primary goal. Uh, And initially what I had done when I graduated college, I worked for a a, uh, real estate developer, went on to um, start a company um, basically with, with a guy that could build a house from the ground up. But I hated every minute of it. I'm not a construction guy. It's not who I am. And my brother was in the financial world. I always was intrigued for it. I went to school for finance. And uh, one thing led to another. And I ended up in a, in a similar role. And that was almost 25 years ago. So you've never looked back. And it's been a great, it's been a great career. It really has. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, when you know what you want, but you know, in, in my bio, you know, I mentioned a couple of times that that's what you help other people with, trying to yes. figure out what is it you want. Because isn't it astounding how many of us, I'll say, how many people in the world, how many of us really truly don't know what we want? We may think we do, 
But a lot of times we get some of those things and it's like, oh, I should have been more careful what I wished for. So why is it so difficult to figure out what we want in life? You know, I don't think it is difficult. It just takes a little bit of discipline. If you really think about it, think about what people, how much time people spend planning a wedding. And, and yet you spend, oh, we spend almost no time planning out our lives. And so the, the whole point of everything is if you truly want to reach something or if you want to achieve something, you have to, get, you have to understand what it is. So if yeah. I decided that I was going to get in my car and I'm, I'm in South Florida right now, and if I'm going to get in my car and drive to Atlanta, before I, before I go, I have to figure out how I'm going to get there. But the beauty of it is I know that I want to get to Atlanta. But if I just got in my car and started driving aimlessly, well, what's the point? And so when we live our lives, so many people will just, you know, go and, and take, take, you know, follow every whim that life takes them in. And my point is, is if you have a destination that you would like to get to, focus on the destination and then get in your car and drive there. And that's the beauty of it. Now, you know, if you're using the same analogy, if you're driving from, from South Florida to Atlanta, you know, are you going to get lost? Maybe, maybe a little bit, maybe there'll be some traffic along the way. And certainly maybe the few accidents that you're going to have to get around. But at the end of the day, if you're really focused on getting there, you will. It's just the discipline to keep moving forward. And it's the same thing with life. If you have the discipline to just continually continue onward, you will ultimately get where you want to go. You just have to stay there. That makes total sense. Joel, what's the first win that you can remember that you had that was just exhilarating? It was just like, man, I can't believe I nailed this thing. So the first win that I had in, in, the, in, the, in the financial business was, you know, pulling down, you know, when I got to a point where I raised $100 million in a year. Right. So the first million was amazing. After you raise a hundred million, that's exhilarating. That's and that was the point at which, you know, I knew that the million was an understood thing. It would happen. The hundred million, not so much. And, and then, was, you know, that and, and, you know, that day. And I think that that hits on another point of mindfulness is, you know, when you hit those milestones, do you take the time to truly appreciate them? And, and for a lot of people, they set goals and they just hit that goal and they just keep going and, you know, you have to celebrate the wins along the way. That's what life's all about. And how do you celebrate your wins? How do you do that? You know, for me, I, I first, first and foremost, I like to take a moment and just step back and just appreciate what it is and, and just be thankful. I mean, appreciation is such a great thing. And, it, you know, you talk about the happiest people and you talk about the people that are most well-adjusted. Those are the people that live in appreciation. And it may be a difficult thing to do 24-7, but if you can truly appreciate what's around you, you're going to get there. And so just taking the time to do it. And then the other thing is, is if you have a certain goal, if you set yourself a reward for the goal. So for me, I had a, I, I had a deal with myself. I had, a, I had an income range I wanted to hit. I put that in my mind. And I always said to myself, when I hit that number, I'm, a, I'm an avid skier living in Florida. I want to have a house in, on the side of the mountain in Vail, Colorado. I love the place. That's where I wanted to be. And so when I hit that number, I went out and I bought the house. That was my reward for hitting the number, for hitting the goal. Wow. And that drew me to that goal. It's so powerful. And so how often do you ski now? I get out there uh, probably four or five times a year. I spend some, all summer. As soon as my kids are out of school, we go, we go out there. So pretty much if there's a day when school is closed, we're in Colorado. 
Ah, uh, that's awesome. I it's love amazing. skiing too, Joel. I just love skiing. I'm completely crazy, but I didn't ski until I was almost, well, I guess in my mid thirties or something like that, but uh, just love it. Can't get enough of it. So I, I certainly feel for you. being in the moment, right? Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. that's a great activity to get there. It really is. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing like it. It feels amazing. So did you have, and I'm sure you have, have you had some major challenges along the way that pop into your head that you would uh, share with Mindful Tribe that kind of were, were markers along the way? Absolutely. So the big one was that construction company that I, yeah. that I mentioned to you. So I was, uh, I was hard. I mean, to say that I was stressed out was an understatement. I would get up in the morning and literally get sick three days a week. And it was, and, and I will tell you why it was this, this intense fear of failure. I was not, I didn't control the outcome. I, I, uh, I had people working for me that would do the construction work. I really didn't have those capabilities. I was running the business and getting clients. Uh, and I was always fearful that they weren't going to show up, that things were going to go badly, that I was just always worried about the worst case scenario. Right. And that was huge for me. And it took me years to get through it. And so when I think about why am I really doing this, it's because I figured out how to get control of that, right? How to not let my mind take me in the direction. And I got disciplined around my mind and, and, and really, you know, what I would what, what I would allow myself to take in and how much I would dwell on things. And that was the cause of my stress, just dwelling on a bad, the worst case scenario over and over again. So that getting through that and then, you know, a broken marriage and then for the business ultimately failing, right? My worst nightmare came true. Uh, and, and that was a major hurdle for me. But I, I came through on the other side and, and you know, I, from, from, um, it was a great learning experience. And I don't think I would be where I am today had I not had that experience. Wow. So what made you decide to start a podcast where you could share so much of what you've learned with others? Where did you get that first idea? You know, there's, um, there's a guy I listened to, uh, he runs a podcast called Morning Coach that I really liked. And it was similar. It was much longer than mine. It was, you know, it's 20 or 30 minutes a day. Um, but it was, uh, it had a lot. And, and as soon as I heard it, it resonated with me. And I thought, I'd like to do something like this. But I'm, I'm a big fan of, of what I'll call the distillation process. If you can say what you need to say in as few words as possible and make that resonate with people, that's, that's really powerful. And so I thought if I could do that, you know, and so I just started reading every book I could get my hand on. And, and I, that was for the course for the book originally where I just said, okay, personal development, self-help, everything I could, could find I read. Uh, and then I would just take information from those books. But and I'm sure you're aware of this and you've got to know this, but you know, when you read a lot of these books, there's 200 pages, but if you had to distill it down to, you know, 10 pages, you probably could. Right. And so why not just take those sound bites and, and put those out there? And that was the, that was the, the real thought behind the podcast that, and I thought it would be a good way to promote the book, but it's morphed into something much bigger than that for me. Right. And I'm curious, do you usually script it? Do you usually write, journal those those um, episodes before? Or do you just kind of go in there and think, yeah, today I'm going to talk about this and you just kind of talk about it? So what I'll do is I write a blog and I usually post, I post the blog on Sunday. And right. I typically will write the blog with the podcast in mind. So I'll pick a topic and I'll and then I'll break that topic into five different parts. And those five parts became become the podcast. 
Now, what I'll do then is I usually go deeper on the podcast than I do in the section on the blog, but it gives me a good starting point. And then I'll just take it and it's, it's become a stream of consciousness for me. So I'll just take it, I'll look at it and then, you know, take a few deep breaths and then go. Yeah. And Cause whatever comes out, comes out. Yeah. Cause I, it doesn't sound like it's scripted. It doesn't sound no. like you're reading, but some people can do that and make it sound completely off the cuff, but it's, it's so valuable because it, you know, it just comes across like you are the guy, that you are the man, you know what you're talking about in a very confident, relaxed way, a very mindful way, really. You know, it, it, it's just, you get to a certain stage in life, you you take a few knocks along the way and, yeah. and uh, you know, you, you, you end and you do a lot of research to try to figure out what, what it is that, in my case, it was what it is that drives uh, people to be successful. What are those things? And, and to overcome struggles, how, how do people do it? And I got consumed with that concept. And so now I, I still read, you know, three or four books a month, at least on, you know, different topics regarding success and, and, you know, anything around, you know, the spirituality side, I'm not a very religious guy, but I would say I've become a spiritual person. Um, but, you know, anything relating to how do you achieve what you want in life? That, that is really my passion to try to figure out. And, you know, you pick up a lot of good things along the way. Yeah, you sure do. Well, I want to talk to you about being a dad. I know you mentioned you're a father and there's a whole lot of mindfulness that can play into that or not, you know, depending, you know, sometimes I notice families that don't seem to have a lot of mindfulness because there seems to be a lot of anger and distress and, and disorganization. Tell me about your role as a father. How does it feel and how do you make it work? Well, the, the first challenge for me as a father is I travel a lot. So for my day job, I'm gone uh, probably, I don't know, every, if not every week, certainly every other week for three or four days. So what that forces me to do is appreciate the time that I have with my, with my children and with my wife. So there's a genuine appreciation. The other thing that I've been able to do is I've been able to live in, in, in two places that I really enjoy being. So living on the beach and living in the mountains, that combination of things gives me something to truly appreciate. So I, I, I and I really take advantage of those things. Right. Uh, and, and, it, and it's just, you know, I almost think of the, the time with my kids as, you know, you take a snapshot because I know that these moments are, are never going to come back. I, I have an 11 year old and a, and a now 15 year old daughter uh, and I know how girls are. The 15 year old is, is, uh, is a, she's a great, great, wonderful girl, but she's becoming a handful cause she's 15. I mean, that's sure. what 15 year old girls do. Uh, and my younger one who's 11 is just, she's a ball of love and, and she, the two of them ground me, but now the, uh, the, the, the younger one probably grounds me more than the older one because <laughs> she's just this, uh, you know, happy, always smiling, very little bothers her. She's just a laid back kid and it's been great for me. Yeah. Oh, that's So she awesome. makes it easy. She does. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. And I yeah. imagine it has something to do with what's happened in these years leading up to her being 11 and 15, you know. We hope so, but uh, it, it's so far so good. But the, the, the whole fatherhood, it, it's so rewarding. And especially, you know, my wife is, is a wonderful mother. I couldn't do it without her. And she's the reason that the kids are, I think where they are. Right. And, and, uh, you know, as I said, I'm the one running around all the time. She's home dealing with everything every day. So, uh, and she keeps me grounded too. So the combination is, has been, has been wonderful. 
So with all the travel that you do, how do you stay grounded with that and not kind of feel like, oh, geez, I'm just all over the place? I like being all over the place. So it yeah. doesn't bother me. Yeah, Works for you. Yeah, most people have issues with, oh, they have to get on planes and deal with security. Nothing of it bothers me. You know, I have, I, I take my computer with me. I can work from wherever I am. I always, I'm always writing. I'm always reading. I'm always doing things. And I've got a ton of stuff I have to do for work too. So between all that, I keep myself busy. And if the plane's a couple hours late, then the plane's a couple hours late. It's okay. I'll get there. Right? Yeah. I mean, so I, there's so much drama around travel and people make such a big deal about it. It doesn't yeah. have to be. And I don't treat it like that. Yeah, I, 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 I noticed that. Yeah, I also try to take advantage of the places I go. So my, I'll give you a quick story. Two weeks ago, or three weeks ago, my my flight got canceled. I was in New York in LaGuardia Airport, which you know, pretty crazy place. Yeah. And uh, it was a Wednesday, and they canceled my flight. And it was Delta was having all kinds of problems out of Atlanta. It was a whole, it was a big mess. So mm-hmm. they said we can't get you home till Saturday. God, Saturday? <laughs> then I realized, I checked, I'm a big rock and roll guy. They were doing a rock and roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony in Brooklyn on, on Friday night. So okay. I thought, you know what? I'm here. I'm going to make the best of it. So sure. I went to the show, had a, you know, met a ton of people at the show, had one of the best times I've ever had. And I flew home Saturday morning. It all worked out. <laughs> that is really cool. Yeah. That's awesome. And speaking of meeting people, have you met some of the listeners to your podcast that you hadn't met anywhere else, but you met them as a result of being listeners? You know, I have a few, you know, I, I, I have to, uh, truth be told, I'm not as engaged as I should be with the listeners. I, I have a lot of people that in my industry and through LinkedIn that, that I've connected with and I've connected with some other people on social media. But what I, what I, my goal is for this year is to be more involved and to get to know more people and maybe mm-hmm. do an event sometime in the future to really bring people together because I think that's a great thing. I, you know, there's some wonderful people out there. You know, I hear from them from time to time, but I need to do a better job at reciprocating from that standpoint. So what kind of an event would you do? What would it look like? You know, that's a great question. I, I like the idea. First of all, I'm intrigued by mastermind groups. I think that's something that I would I would love to put together. I, I do a lot of, you know, that sort of thing at work in terms of just being the person in the front of the room that, that is really running meetings and, and facilitating. Mm-hmm. So I love the idea of getting a bunch of very talented people in the room with the sole goal of solving each other's problems. So that's, that's something I'd very much like to do. Uh, and then the other thing would be just a workshop where, you know, everybody comes in and says, okay, what are your goals, right? Everybody comes with, and we get very clear on, you know, first of all, setting those goals in place and then building a path to reach the goal. So you put a plan in place against it and then you execute against it. And then after the fact, we do some coaching work around ensuring that you stay on that path. So I think that to build a workshop around that concept, and it's really just how do you get where you want to go in life? That's it. Right. I think that'd be a great event. I would love love to do it. And one of these days I think I'm going to do it, but yeah, uh, I think it is a good idea. Yeah, I have a feeling you are. You know, I've worked in bullying prevention for a long time, and I always like to ask a question about this because, you know, it does relate to mindfulness, and a lot of times people don't really see that connection at first, but I truly believe it does. Have you got a story? Were you ever bullied, or do you have a story you can share with us? You know, I I, I was thinking about that as I was reading through, and I listened to a few of your podcasts on it, and I'm intrigued by it. You know, I, I was fortunate in that I didn't have, personally, I didn't get bullied. I don't think I was a bully. You know, I could have been nicer to a few people over the course of my life. 
you know, I, I, I just remember that there's one story that comes to mind, you know, because I think when you look at bullying today, it's very different than I think when at a time when you and I were growing up. Oh, yeah, up because, I think so. Yeah, I mean, it, it stayed, you know, you were bullied in school and, and you went home and then there was this escape. And now with social yeah. media, I think there is no escape. So it, it's, just, it's a really scary situation. And I, I look at my children and what they go through. Um, and, and there's a no tolerance policy. Both one, I have one, my younger one is in private school. My, my older daughter is now in public school. She just is in ninth grade now. So she's in a public high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in both cases, if, if you fight, okay, first of all, if you bully at the private school or anything, they will, they just deal with it and you won't stay there very long if that's who you are. Uh-huh. Uh, and there's a zero tolerance policy in both schools for fighting. So I think the old school way of, of, you know, the kids picking on you, let's, you know, let's, let's just pop them in the mouth kind of thing. Well, you know, that doesn't fly anymore. You can't no. do that. Um, you know, it may make them, it may, it may have stopped the problem back in the day, but you know, that's not an option anymore. No. Uh, and I don't know that it was ever a good option. Uh, but you know, that was, that was sort of how things got handled years ago. And I think now it's, it's a matter of, you know, what do you do? And I think the mindfulness part play, should play a role because if you can separate yourself from what has happening. So in other words, if, if my life, if I am this person that is being portrayed by the bully and I see myself there, uh, then, I'll, then, then, he, then the bully is winning. But if I rise above it, and I'm able to, through mindfulness, understand that I am bigger than my, situa- my life situation. Right? I, I, you know, and, and if I can get beyond that, that changes the whole dynamic or can change the whole dynamic. The challenge, though, I think with children, I notice this with my own kids, getting them open to, to mindfulness um, at age 11, 12, 13, even, you know, over, over between 10 and, 10 and 18, I think, has got to be, it's tough to do. Uh, so, I, you know, I always look at that and I say, you know, I, I talk to my children all the time about it and we go through it. And I always wonder, right, how is there, there's got to be a better way to deliver it. I'm not sure I have the answer to that. It, it just is. And I, I feel for the kids because, God, it's tough with, with and, and by the way, not just kids, even teachers, they can't escape anymore. You're a teacher now. Yeah. Your whole life, if you do anything on social media, your kids find it. I mean, it's, <laughs> it, there's no escape. True. Yeah. It's a crazy, it's a crazy thing. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, for sure. Joel, my next questions, I just got five quick answer questions. The first one is, who is one person who you would say has influenced your mindfulness? Eckhart Tolle. Oh, yeah. He's Power amazing. Power now. Amazing. Living in now. How has mindfulness affected your emotions? It's made me a much calmer person. The meditation, the, the just being able to separate myself from my life situation has, has done amazing things for me and reduced my stress in the process. Tell us how breathing in, <laughs> is a part of your mindfulness. And I know how it is in your podcast, but yes. let's talk about that. Every morning, first thing I do when I get out of bed, I sit and I breathe. And I try to do it somewhere between, somewhere between five or ten minutes and just, just clear my mind. Right? Before everything comes in, before the day starts, just get grounded. And that's just focusing on the breath and just letting everything else go. So if you could recommend a book related to mindfulness, what would that be? Huh? I, I, well, Power of Now certainly would come to mind. Um, th- there's another book that I really enjoy. Uh, Jack Canfield wrote a book called Success Principles, which I like very much. Um, and it deals with every di- You know, we talk about success. It covers a lot of different angles around success. And then the third one might be Course in Miracles. I mean, that's just... You know, you sit 
you read a you read two pages very deep and just contemplate it. And so you talk about the ultimate mindfulness book. I think that's it. Yeah. So can you share an app which helps you to be more mindful? You know, the app that I, I'm just trying to think of an app that really works for me. Um, and I'm looking for my phone as I do this. There is an app. It's called, uh, oh God, it's a, it's a, it's a meditation app. It has guided meditations on mm-hmm. it. And uh, I'm going to back away from the mic for one second. Sure. I'm going to tell you this app because I think it's free and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So this app, I, I found it by accident. I was just going through the app store one day. And uh, it's called Insight Timer. Ah, yeah. Are you familiar with it? I am. I've done some guided meditations on there. So you're on there. I've, I, I have to check it out. I'm looking. I'm going to do that as soon as we as soon as we finish today. But I'm a big fan of that. I mean, there's so many different meditations there. And if if you can't, sometimes there's so much going on that I have difficulty clear, really clearing my mind, and I just go to that app. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really a different kind of an app because you can. Yeah, I hear people from. Who knows where? They just yes. decided to record an app, record a, a, a meditation. That's yeah, very cool. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's really cool that you use that app. I think that's interesting. We didn't really talk a lot about your specific meditation practice and what that looks like. So you do some of it with Guided, but tell us a little bit more. Mostly it's it's going out for me. Uh, I, it's, it's literally waking up in the morning. I have a, a right off of my bed. There, there's a, there's a, there's a patio that's on the ocean and I literally will go either depending on the temperature, I'll sit right in front of the window or I'll just sit on the patio, mm-hmm. uh, legs crossed and, and just either open eye or close eye, depending on, on where I am. But I uh, just, just sit and breathe. Uh, it, it's that simple. And, and just, you know, the goal is, is just to, just to focus on the breath and observe the thoughts that come in and let them go. Right. It's just one at a time. And then eventually just get to a point of, you know, the goal for me is, is bliss. Right. When yeah. I reach that point of just pure euphoria, that's where I want to get to. I can't say, I, I wish I could say I get there every day. I don't, but you know, if I get there a couple of times a week, that's great. It's not yeah. a contest. It's just something, you know, if there, if there is a goal in meditation, that, that would be the one, you know, for me on a daily basis to reach that point. Well, your book, Joel, is called Adjust Your Sales. Can you tell Mindful Tribe a little bit about your book? Yeah, you know, I was reading all these self-help books, and the one challenge I had was sometimes getting through them was a challenge because it was all about, it was just, there was no story that, was, that kept my attention, and so I found that it took me a long time to get through them. So I thought, if I'm going to write a book, there, there's nothing there that is so new that, that, that nobody could benefit. But if I thought if I'm going to write a book, I need a story that, that will tie everything together. And so it's a business parable um, about a guy who was at his, his – uh, it's a, it's a father and son. The father is sort of a Bernie Madoff type character. I shouldn't say he's a, the father is a good Bernie Madoff. Let's put it that way. Okay. Runs okay. a lot of money for some very successful people. And uh, they're both avid sailors and they, they decide they're going to, they're going to take this, uh, they're going to take their boat out, the father and son. And the last minute, uh, they're going to sail to Ireland. I'm sorry. The last minute the son decides because he's got this girlfriend, he's not going to go. So the dad goes alone and doesn't make it. And now the son is left to run the business, and the son is not what the father was. 2008, the financial crisis comes along, the business gets wiped out, and mm-hmm. he loses money for everybody in, 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 in town, and he's in Boston. And, and so he, doesn't, he just decides he's got nothing left to his name except this boat, takes off on the boat, decides he's going to set sail to Ireland, do what his dad couldn't do, mm-hmm. runs into this woman on the boat, 
she finds that she talks about this book that he's written and it turns out it was his father. And the book is, is literally a, more of a personal development book, how you get where you want to go in life. So it's sort of a book within a book. So you can sort of keep your attention as you go through it. And I think there's some good stories that come as a result of that. And then some good takeaways. Ah, it sounds fascinating. Is this book on audible? It's it's not yet. Uh, actually, it's it's funny. I recorded the audio book. Um, I just have to sp- put, post it and publish it. But it's available on Amazon right now, um, right. and so it's out there, and and you can get it either either in uh, electronic or or you know hardcover. But um, in the next probably three months or so, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it up on Audible. Oh, super, yes. super. So, how can Mindful Tribe reach out to you and connect with you, Joel? The best way is, uh, is, is through email. Uh, and my email address is just, my name is Joel at joelbrookman.com. Uh, I think that's the, that's the easiest way. And I, you know, I'd love to, love to chat with anybody that, that has some interest and, and, you know, we're all, we're talking about my favorite topic right now. So I'm always enthused by it. And, uh, you know, I'd love, love to hear from some of the listeners. That'd be wonderful. Well, it's, it's great to spend time talking with you, Joel, and learn about you and what you're up to and everything. So thanks so much for being on the show. Bruce, it's a wonderful show, and I just appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot, man. Yeah, you take care of a good rest of your day. Bye now. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on Mindfulness Mode. For insightful blog articles and show notes for every episode, check out mindfulnessmode.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you could help us out by clicking on the iTunes link on our website and leave a rating and review. Till next time, Mindful Tribe, use what we've learned today to reach new heights of calm, focus, and happiness. Stay in the mode.